Guys, welcome back to the for Life podcast. Rudy's laughing already. Um, <laughs> this was probably uh, more to do with an off-camera conversation, which we will not bring to the podcast. Nope. Um, so, uh, today, guys, I say today, it always feels weird saying today when we've just recorded the last podcast two seconds ago, but today for you guys, because it's a new week, we're going to actually do um, a podcast around getting to know the coaches. I think a lot of the time people can have perceptions of like who we are as people, you know, I was actually thinking about this recently because I was going to go on a fucking Instagram and Facebook rampage the other day and talk about folk that approach PTs in a particular way. Like, see, when I'm out with people and they pick up like a bit of pizza or a bit of cake and they're like, oh, better not eat that around you. And I'm like, fuck off, man. Who do you think I am? <laughs> eat it quicker, I'll eat it. I'm like, I, I, I'm, like I'm going to take that off you if you don't fucking eat it. Um, but there is like a perception of like what we do and like this is all just who we are, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, we are still funny cunts behind the scenes. Yeah. <laughs> and we, we, we just enjoy like having a laugh we enjoy things within our own life as much as our values and stuff might be different like we've all had life experiences we've all went through things that we don't regret but we probably should not have done and find quite funny now to this day um so we thought it'd be quite good to do a little bit of a quick fire podcast on getting to know the coaches so that you can have a bit of a laugh and just get to know us a little bit more and know that we're not as scary as we may seem. Yeah. First and foremost, you know, I swear like a fucking trooper. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's so funny as well because my mum and dad always say, you never got that for us. And I'm like, you are fucking kidding me on. <laughs> <laughs> you like you swore like mad when I was younger. They're like, no, we never. I'm like, I okay, I just packed up randomly for, you know, for outside in the curb, like playing Kirby. Um, so who wants to go first in the quick fire questions to who? Me. Who are we putting in the spot? So oh, for, we, it's a one for both of these. Cool. I would love to know, within reason, your most embarrassing drunk story. (sighs) Mine's not so embarrassing, it's more stupid. It doesn't actually embarrass me, Mm -hmm. it's just stupid. Just at my mate's 22nd birthday party, he's he's got like an outhouse barn sort of thing, so we're in there. Me and my mates were just like absolutely twatted and... There was a bottle on the side. This comes in the story later. We we all we did this thing where we pretend we were laughing, but we pretend to get more and more aggressively laughing. And then before I knew it, without thinking, I'd grabbed this bottle off the side and smashed it off my forehead, mm. and just blood just started dripping down my face. <laughs> that is stupid. Had, yeah. had to call it. Had to call an ambulance. Um, I called the ambulance back like it was an Uber. And I was, <laughs> Excuse me, is there an ambulance coming for me? Like yeah, I was like. All right, if I cancelled the ambulance, I'll just come in the morning and just <laughs> put a little pad on it and then went in the morning, got a few stitches. That, that was my stupidest nice. drunk. Or trying to do the worm without using my hands. I ended up needing stitches in my chin after oh. that as well. I mean, like, my head's taking a bat on it, it's time, but not from myself. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I've probably got a couple. Um, number one. I can't remember what new year it was. We were at one of my pals' houses years ago. Like, this is before I really started, like, building muscle in the gym as well. I was pure skinny fat. And there's a picture somewhere of me on, like, Facebook in a monkey thong. I thought it'd be funny <laughs> to put a monkey thong on and, like, pure kick about in it. Um, and I thought that, at the time, I actually looked really good because I'd started to go at the gym. I thought I was pure built in it. <laughs> so, like, I'm in, I'm in this, uh, this pals' living room at the time. If you're kicking about with this monkey thong on, like, pure try, like, sexy dance. I'm just, like, this pure skinny fat <laughs> And then... <laughs> The second one, it was my wee sister's, it was Dana's 18th uh, birthday, right? So family came around to the house. Then we were going to go down Hamilton, go to a few pubs, go to the Hamilton Palace um, because, you know, we were celebrating the fact that she was now legal to go out and do these things. And I got 
absolutely fucking steaming in the house, right? The family were around. I can't remember what was on, and I don't know why I found this so funny. My brother at the time found it clearly hilarious. He probably just knew where the night was going to go. Um, there was something on the TV about a shark attack, and the family were then talking about a shark attack, and I was absolutely steaming. And I stood up in the middle of everyone. <laughs> I started to say something along the lines of, fucking shark eye. <laughs> <laughs> If a fucking shark, <laughs> if a fucking shark came anywhere near me, I would punch his cunt. <laughs> a shark wouldn't come two feet from me because I would know what was coming. What a I, I think at the time, my mom, my mom and my dad were like, get a grip yourself. I was like, ah, fucking shark attack. Listen, you've been punching your wife, you've punched and played a shark shark by But then that clearly, that clearly um, <laughs> set the tone for the night because I ended up going to the Hamon Palace and waiting up in the cells the next day. Left ever punching all the sharks I, I have. But at the same time, no one knew where I was. So I then had to get, uh, I had to get a, uh, they took me to Motherwell because it was for the palace. Uh, it was just for, I think it was just for being like pure drunk and disorderly. And um, I had to get the train back to Hamilton Central, then get a taxi up the road and walk in. But little to my knowledge, did my mum and dad know that my wee sister and my brother knew I'd get picked up by the oh, police. No. So I was just rocking in with this whole excuse of, oh, I was just, I met somebody and I went back to their house and we had a party there and my mum and dad are like, the cells! I'm like, bastard. <laughs> do you manage to get banged up at a family do? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Basically, mate, yeah. Uh, high performer. Yeah, high performer. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. I'm, I'm on a life mission to become one. You know? we, all had, we all have to start something. What about you? Same question. Oh, don't. Right, I'm really outing myself here. Um, Massively also involves the Hamilton Palace. Funny, funny that. Um, my eyes actually watering now because I've laughed so much. <laughs> um, so I remember, like, oh, what age would I have been? 19, maybe. I was out with my two pals, King and Stoosh. King, actually, who was made the order at my wedding, wanted to tell this story in our speech. And I was like, under no circumstances are you telling this story because so it's so embarrassing. So this is, this is a first time exclusive. Multiple, multiple. <laughs> this is a first time exclusive. Listen, if you can't laugh at yourself, who, who can you? Who can laugh at you? So... Um, come out of the palace was absolutely steaming I think round about that age as well like because of the situation that I was in like with my ex and stuff I never really went out that much so when I did go out I went out right and my pals were always like hyping me up because I never ever went out it was always like will she come will she, will she cancel and sometimes at the last minute I'd come out so we'd all get like majorly hyped up Went to the palace, was absolutely steaming. Fell down the palace stairs, as is a rite of passage, right, for everybody. Every single lassie falls down the stairs in the palace at some point in their lifetime, right? We've, we've all been there. Falls down every single stair in the palace. You know, that chippy that's just up the hill mm. for the palace, right? So oh, on... you've told me that story! <laughs> <laughs> so it's on, like, a pure steep hill, right? So... It's not a steep hill, steep if you're steaming. Steep if you're steaming, and in heels, right? Aye, Come true, on, true. right? You've normally took your heels after at this point <laughs> um, so I'm fucking trying to get up this hill right it's in the chippy don't even know how I managed to order anything because I can't string a fucking sentence together <laughs> we're walking down through the chippy at the palace to go to the taxi rank at Asda right because palace taxi rank is always hoaching so I'm walking down the hill <laughs> got a sausage supper right <laughs> fucking fleeing so I can't see two feet in front of me <laughs> <laughs> Every single time I picked the sausage up to eat it, I kept dropping it in the ground, right? But I almost couldn't comprehend that one, I was eating it, or two, that I was in public, right? So 
every single time I dropped the sausage, it would roll a couple of feet in front of me. I'd pack it back up, put it back in the chippy, forget that I dropped it, start eating it again. And then we were walking down this hill, there was these boys behind us like, eh, that last <laughs> about the fourth time that it just rolled all the way away from me and I'm like fuck it I think I eventually dropped the full chippy and I was like I'm just gonna need to let it go Oh, that's so good. Oh, that's hilarious. I remember when you told me it's, it's more the visual of it. Like, you ever seen in a movie, like, um, a kid dropping something and chasing it down the hill? And I just think about this sausage just rolling steadily away, man. Like, you chase it as if you're never going to get an army. But all my fine motor skills managed to come together for me to immediately <laughs> catch it again. <laughs> Save yourself, uh, you know, like, a dangerous man. No. But save no. the sausage. Fucking, I'll, I'll do anything long. for a sausage supper, me. <laughs> um, Ru, you get any questions? Sprung that on us. Um, I want to know. And this is more of a nice one. What what you guys would class as like your biggest accomplishment, or what what mm. yeah, what's your biggest accomplishment? And it doesn't have to be like business wise or anything like that. It could be relationships, yeah. Um, education. What what's your biggest biggest sort of rewarding accomplishment? Um, for me, I think I think for most people, it's it's probably hard to celebrate things when you are on this journey of always trying to be better like and showing yourself permission to like celebrate your, your successes and your achievements and don't get me wrong up until this point like i've been very guilty of not doing it but more recently i've definitely given myself more credit for it so i would probably say number one above all else just like how consistent i've been for so long like as jen had pointed out a couple of weeks ago she said something to me along the lines of like your tolerance levels to to basically um, manage like pain and, and difficulty are so high and I think from being someone who didn't have that ability to now being someone who can tolerate so much and like really find a solution to things and be okay talking about things to find a solution as well is probably a one of my, mass, my, my biggest accomplishments, to be honest. If you're talking more like things that have happened, um, probably one or two things. <clears throat> Creating the opportunity for me and my family to move to Dubai and be able to travel the world more and see things. Um, and also being recognized within the industry amongst coaches that I always wanted to be recognized by for my ability to coach people well, you know, because I was always this person that was a bit of an outsider in the fitness industry. There are a lot of people in the fitness industry I don't really like, but there was always a lot that I looked up to and I was like, like these people are just incredible individuals. And I've had the, the pleasure of like working with them through me investing into them and being around them in that way, but also then being in positions where they've, came to me and asked me questions for help within a particular area as well because of the opportunities I've created for myself and the people that I'm now in circles with that have enabled me to be able to do that. So I would say there's top three and it's probably in that order. Yeah. Um, I have so many, which is probably a good thing because I'm like also getting used to being more um, like humble braggy and mm. uh, talking about things. I think there's two big ones that stand out for me. Uh, the first one is having the courage to leave my abusive relationship. Um, that was a huge thing for me that, like I've said before on this podcast, didn't feel significant in the moment that I did it. But actually, um, for the position that I was in in my life and how I felt about myself and just the circumstances and the gravity of it, like I'm so proud of that person for having the courage to risk it all. 
Um, because if that person, if that gen hadn't done that, I couldn't be this gen. Um, so I always try and like when things feel tough. <clears throat> Even though it was the weakest moment in my life, it was also where I've exhibited the most strength. Yeah. So I always try and reconnect to her and her strength whenever I need it. So that's definitely a big standout moment for me. And the other is honestly having the courage to work in the fitness industry, to build a business in the fitness industry, because I'll, I've, again, I've said it before, but like this industry has chewed me up and spat me out mm. more times than I could count. And it's an industry that's been capitalized and built on exploiting people like me. Um, so for me to really carve out a mission of changing the way that the industry works, changing the way that coaches um, coach. coach, changing the way that people experience change by making sure that we don't fuck them up, we leave them in a better place. Uh, we leave them in a position where they're not dependent on some bullshit thing that we've sold to them, but rather only dependent on themselves. I think to be able to do that as well as being a plus size woman who does that in and around this this industry and be able to stand in front of 150 people in a room and speak with confidence and conviction about my art, my craft, what I know, without any really thought or fear of what they might be judging me on or any thought or fear of whether I'm the kind of person to be deserving of being in that room, that for me really, really drives me because I would never have had the courage to even leave my job and set up my own business, never mind in this industry. Um, so that's definitely a big, the two standouts for me. Because you've got a lot of knowledge, obviously, in, in the, the mindset and mental health area, <clears throat> and obviously it's something that absolutely everyone will struggle with, maybe not mental health disorders, but the mindset around different things, eating, perspective, how they talk to themselves. You've got a good amount of knowledge in that, but I feel like people would expect you to have a, a great handle on it for yourself. But then do you sometimes have to remind yourself to apply your knowledge to yourself? Or, or do you feel like coaching has allowed you to do that a little bit better as well? I think it's definitely allowed me to do it better. And I think it's all down to the environment. Like I'm exposed in an environment where people value their health in a way that I've never had before so I've never been consistently exposed to an environment where health is you know modeled not even just spoke about but modeled but I actually think that what I once perceived as my greatest weakness is actually my biggest asset because the fact that I'm still very much on a fat loss journey I'm still very much recovering my, my own relationship with food I'm still in treatment to recover from PTSD I'm still actively on this journey I actually think that's my biggest asset in working with people, both coaches and helping them to understand how they improve the relationships with their clients and both with our clients so that they know when they're experiencing these challenges. I'm not just telling you I get it because I experienced it two months, like 10 years ago for two months. I'm getting it because I live it. And I think that really creates such a nice partnership with people that they know that I get it because it's both my past and current lived experience and not just something that happened to me you know, a million years ago. And also the, your ability to sort of share very vulnerable kind of areas of your life as well. That must massively help other people to open up in the chats. And I've, I've seen that yeah. as well through, through working with you two. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, absolutely everyone is willing to have an open, honest conversation. Most people are yeah. willing to have an open, honest conversation, which is something which for most people is very, very difficult. And the fact that you've managed to breed that in your community, I think is very, very yeah. impressive. 
I think it's important for us as well. Like, oh, 100%. if you'd have put a podcast, just put me in a podcast studio two years ago and asked me to speak about my abuser and the things that he did to me in my lived experience, I would not have been able to do that because I was so scared. Mm-hmm. Whereas now, like, um, there's a great <laughs> Fleetwood Mac song called Silver Strings. Do you Love know it? it? And uh, there's uh, Stephen X sings in that. I'm, I'll follow you down until the sound of my voice will haunt you. And that's the thing now that drives me because I feel safe and I'm not scared anymore. I'm like, I hope that every single time you open your Explore feed on Instagram, I hope every single time you go on Spotify, I hope that you can't move for the sound of my voice and my experience haunt you. And I think sometimes to some people that maybe sounds like a wee bit grim and a wee bit like revengeful but actually the fact that i'm now at a point in my life where i'm not scared i don't i I will speak about it openly to anybody one so that other women who have the same experience can relate to it but two so that he has no option but to hear me speak my story and be fucking haunted by the fact that i do so so i think you're totally right it's it's great and inviting other people to be able to do the same thing but i think it's also really therapeutic for us to be able to remove the power from those experiences and be able to stand in them powerfully yeah that's that dark energy though totally love it Um, and by the way huge shout out to jen i mean she's the first in the industry to do this and we found her <laughs> the man can spot talent early. That's why you're here. That's why you're here. He's had, he's had, he's had a lapse in judgment recently. But honestly, like to be where you've been throughout your entire journey to where you are now, the position that you're in, and like you said, how the, sometimes that could potentially come with some form of like disrespect or judgment against it to then blow people out of the water with realistically showing them what true coaching is and how they can consider people that they coach in a far greater way without realistically using the normal terms of this client's a fucking nightmare they're a headache they're a victim how often do we hear that they're uncoachable it's like some people might be uncoachable for where they are in their life right now Mm -hmm. but all you need to do is try and find ways in which you can take them closer to being more coachable like absolutely and don't get me wrong it won't always happen but i've had people i've worked with years ago that have came back now and are far more coachable because they're actually open to the way that we now work with them as well because i didn't have those skills years ago and when i met you i wasn't coachable no i wasn't coachable (laughs) she fucked right i was a fucking nightmare for at least the first six months but i had potential yeah and this is the difference you could have easily went she's fucking far too much work for me like i'm just not going to go there i'm just going to patch her right but you could see that there was potential. You could see that there was pain. Mm. And that was all you needed to work with. So actually, had you given up on me like so many other people had, I would I would never be here. And I think sometimes I wonder how many people are missing out on the opportunity to change somebody's life the way that you've changed mine. Mm. Because they brand someone as uncoachable or too difficult or too much of a victim. Like, that's your labeling. That's yeah. not that person. You just don't want to see it. Yeah. Oh, my heart. <laughs> don't cry um, Rue same question to you mate like what are you most proud of in your life greatest achievement it, it's it's very similar to you two and it, it's kind of where I am now doing something that I love like it sounds very cringy but it is like when I started personal training I had my mum telling us like oh just get a secure job securities all this all that and then my girlfriend was like oh get a secure job I had a job lined up in a school where I was going to be a um a teaching assistant and a rugby coach and strength and conditioning coach and that was lined up that was going to give me security um but I sacked that off despite what my mum my sister my sisters and my girlfriend said um 
and mum was obviously giving us the whole big ins like oh, oh can it fucking support you if it all goes tits up like you're on your tour and like right yeah cool understand that like i'm gonna do fine um stacked off to school and then now i'm in a position where like i'm making enough for myself to live off i've always said i don't give a fuck about money like i just want to have kind of what you value like i want to have freedom to do my own thing kind of have my own autonomy both within my life but within my work as well and i feel like i have full autonomy to put in place what i need to put in place within this program and just even the fact that like i was in london with one of my clients recently doing high rocks i'm up here in glasgow with you two today and i'm like how the fuck have my decisions brought me to different places in the country meeting different completely completely different people in completely different communities supportive communities as well and i, I just think that's all just my work i'm, I'm very happy recognizing that yeah and I, I told mom i told mom as well when i started coaching i was like i'm gonna be able to turn to you and give you two big fat middle fingers one day. <laughs> Fuck you, mom. Definitely don't. She'll uh, let you. She <laughs> does sound like she would hook you. <laughs> Wait, she has got an uppercut on her as well. She's only wee. She trains that on body combat. So always just one thing you need to be worried about, but by the way. I was on the phone to her the other day and I was like, look, mom, I'm going to do my level four strength and conditioning. Like, I'm going to, like, my coaching's going well. I'm really enjoying it. She's like, if you if you end up making fucking more money than me when I've been grafting the NHS for years, I'm going to be livid. And that was when I was on FaceTime. I turned to her, I was like, I told you. She <laughs> <laughs> can't bat me through the phone. But mate, that's such a good point as well. But there's like an opportunity here. Like you could have stayed in your safe job in the NHS, Jen, and like not, like not built a better life for yourself. Like yep. the thing is, you could have stayed and incrementally increased your salary across a certain amount of time, or you could have went away and realistically entered into an uncapped level of potential of what your earnings are. And, Anyone listening to this as well will know that we don't do this for the money, the way that we talk about the things yeah. that we talk about. Like we we basically focus on growth and basically if that takes us in a particular position and allows us to earn more money, then that's that's what it does. But yeah. we don't use that. And we were actually been talking about this in the way up. Like me, um, Jen and Rue were talking about how like we're not very materialistic in the slightest. Jen's wearing an outfit today that our wee sister bought for her because she said she had to stop wearing fucking gym gear. <laughs> she said that I was dressing like a sad millennial. She was like, you really need to come in. Like, she was like, when was the last time you bought yourself clothes? And I was like, I do an emergency run in Matalan and I give myself 15 minutes. And she was like, not Matalan. <laughs> she was like, here's what you need to buy. You're embarrassing me. So there's that. And then Rue was saying, he's got like three t-shirts he rotates like a shirt like a pair of jeans and i'm pretty much the same like if anyone sees me on instagram i'm always wearing the same shit like and there's a reason for that i will wear out joanne gets pissed off she's like there's holes in those boxers you got to place them i'm like i mean they're still able to get around my waist still so uh, they're still wearable <laughs> or like those shoes have no like no grip left on them i'm like there's no holes in them yet it's yeah. cool. keep on going. <laughs> Clip with them, i know i know but <laughs> they, were, they were white but they look vintage bro even better even better mate you are in glasgow to be fair so it's, uh, you blame it's right cool. um my turn for questions oh yeah okay. or a question um little bit outside the box I know you'll like this one. You probably will as well because you were talking about how much you fucking love food and just before we came, me and Jen are uh, obviously dying. My wedding's only like six weeks away. Yeah, I'm shredding <laughs> uh, for your wedding. I'm just shredding <laughs> for my wedding. Rooney is just and permabulk so <laughs> we went for coffees uh, and is it chulos 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 in glasgow and they do like the best cookies last time we went me and jane got one and i actually ended up eating jane's yeah still <laughs> um, not let it go but uh rue ate this fucking happy hippo cookie in front of us mm. so my question actually is if you 
had the option of a starter, a main, and a dessert if you were getting put on death row. Oh. Easy. What would your starter, main, and dessert be? Go for it. Starter steak tartare. 100%. Nice. I'm nice. really middle class saying that, but I fucking love a good steak tartare. It's all right, mate, the accent is that way. Oh, yeah, deal with us, cunt, cunt, Steak tartare, and then my main would probably be like comfy duck leg. With some nice cherry tomatoes on top of like a chia batter with, with something. Um, and then dessert be probably a slice of my mum's carrot cake that we were talking from. I feel like if I'm yeah. going to die, I'm going to have to have my mum's carrot cake, aren't I? I can't just have like... No, I've about your mum's cake as well. Yeah. Hey, <laughs> <laughs> she's a free woman now. <laughs> I'll, I'll send her over. Jen, what about you? Oh, I find this so hard because I'm a fucking fat bastard. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, can I have six death row meals, please? Um, I think starter... I would probably have like a gambas peel peel. I'd have like a nice. like a prawn and a nice garlic chili olive oil with really good bread. Like don't fuck me about in the bread. I want proper sourdough. I want a wee padron pepper. I want a wee olive. Oh, so I'm making all olive oil? Mm, no, because you're crossing into Italy there. I'm staying in Spain. Cool. Just a right. single olive? Just the one. Aye, okay. just the one. Big one, but... <laughs> one big olive <laughs> no I'd go for some stuff I'd go for a wee stuffed olive and a glass of red wine nice. um, and then for my main I find the main really difficult so much to choose from it would either be like beef wellington oh right but like a really good beef wellington in the side no change my mind change my mind I would have um, a steak from Keen's uh, chop house in New York I'd have the porterhouse steak the cream spinach, the brown butter carrots and the oh, fries. That's what I would have. Then I'd have another glass of wine. Um, and then for my pudding, I would have either carrot cake for Chilinos, specifically from Chilinos in Glasgow, or I'd have a good old sticky toffee pudding, mm-hmm. a glass of champagne, a wee limoncello, and then I'd take the I'd take the lethal injection, so I'd be fucking steaming for that. That's what it does, it, right? You can tell, like, what extreme circumstances. I'm in fucking death row, getting pushed. <laughs> um, for me, right, this is a tough one because I also love my food. Talking to someone about this uh, uh, recently as well, like, see what we were saying earlier on about, like, the perception of PTs and all that. It's like, mate, I train so I can eat all yeah. that food. <laughs> like, why else do you think I train this much? Stephen clients are like, oh my God, do I tell Matt what I've been eating? And I'm like, Matt will be raging if you don't send him pictures aye, of what you've eaten. Aye, like, you'll be fucking annoyed. If you describe a cake to me that I've never had and you don't send me a picture of it and how moist it looks, you're fucking out. <laughs> Simple as that. So I would go kind of seafood starter as well. It would have to be something scallops based with like black pudding, mm. storn away black pudding. Mm. Love when there's scallops cooked in garlic butter. Nice. Right? With some like... um with some like strawberry black pudding then it would have to be some form of like chia batter like a red onion chia batter with some balsamic and some olive oil i'd fucking just love giving that a good mm. dip incredible for my main course i was actually thinking about beef wellington as well when you were like has to be a good beef wellington all i could think about is gordon ramsay gordon being ramsay. like it's fucking raw <laughs> it's fucking raw <laughs> um, so it would either be a beef wellington and i'm kind of stuck between the beef wellington and the steak that Joanne and I got in um, Mexico like a good few years ago. I can't remember the name of the place. Like I know exactly where it is, but I can't remember the name of the place. And they 
delivered that with like um, parmesan, a, t- a tower of parmesan fries with all these different sauces and the chimichurri they done oh. was quite frankly just you can't incredible. go wrong with chimichurri. Oh, chimichurri, chimichurri. It's one of the best. Is it sauce? A garnish? It's like, it's a, like a it's, salsa. It's like a salsa yeah. sauce, yeah, but it's like quite, it's like runny, it's not thick. Yeah. Um, it was honestly the best chimichurri I've ever had in my life. So it would be between just a steak or a beef wellington with those tower parmesan fries and then that chimichurri in the side. They had other stuff like barbecue and that, but specifically the, the chimichurri. Mm. And then for dessert as well, I would have to have um, a, bit of, a bit of carrot cake um, from Salinos as well, because mm-hmm. that is absolutely banging. Um, I'd also have a limoncello, because the limoncello is just... My, I, I think it's actually my favourite drink. Like, when I'm away with Joanne and I just want to take things easy and she's having a few drinks, I will just get limoncello and I'll just sip on it. Yeah. Um, love it. So that would be... That would be mine. Nice. Were we all carrot cakers? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, carrot carrot cake. To be Madness. fair, like I was saying in Costco, like I actually never tried carrot cake really until like five years ago because I thought it was actual sh- like carrot shavings. Yeah. <laughs> um, but the minute I tried it, I was just like, this is incredible. I was always a kind of cheesecake guy, but recently as well, like cheesecake started to sit really heavily with me. Yeah. Um, and carrot cake's just so much lighter. Um it's incredible. Like that one the day in, in Costco was mm. um, banging. The one out Mimi's Bakehouse in Leith. Oh, I mean, all of Mimi's well. cakes, but the carrot cake and the birthday cake. That I'd uh, probably like, if they couldn't get me the other two puddings, yeah. I would go with Mimi's birthday cake. No, I would also have as well. If they let me with my dessert, with my carrot cake, I'd have a pick and mix. Oh, yeah, yeah. Child. Now you're talking. Uh, I, I'd have a pick but the and one mix. for the pictures, so you get it for free. Oh, I, I, I you know, skinny about 20 quid for it. I 100%. Um, I'm changing my men. What? What? Having haggis dips and tatties. Oh, oh haggis! How can I forget some haggis? <laughs> yeah. By the way, I'm having haggis dips and tatties, but I'm putting a peppercorn sauce on top. I mean, oh, you're already aggressively fine. Scottish, so uh, why exactly, not? Exactly. Exactly. Um, I would love to know a random fact about you that you think people wouldn't know, random like a fact. random interesting fact. PG, remember? <laughs> um, random fact. I feel like I'm so open and honest. I'm, I know, we've not got any random facts. Like, well, do you know, wondering. I thought everybody knew this about me and I was out a walk with some of the team the other night and none of them knew that I used to play American football. Not one of them. They were like, oh my God, really? And I was like, how have you been listening to me batter on about my life for all this time? And they didn't. They were like, oh, we didn't know that. How? Because I've not been listening to me. Shout out to all you that don't listen to me. <laughs> she's in the hot seat. I know. Pictures. To be fair, the hot seat was two years ago. I know, so that's we kind of we kind of give them. I know. That's true. They should have listened. You know. Um, I well, that's a fun fact about Jen. Have you said that here before, though? I know. Probably that's what I mean. I, there's nothing that we've not no parts of our show we've not laid bare. Rue, have you thought anything? I'm just trying to figure out how to strike the balance between oversharing and what's appropriate. If there's anything about genitalia <laughs> or. Um, Genital fluids. Not <laughs> They're just like nothing sexual. Nothing sexual. Um, Look, you're struggling. I know. <laughs> Have you Fucking got one? Shaggy here. <laughs> <laughs> um, have I got one? An interesting fact about myself that people probably wouldn't know. Or a, ra- um, a random. Or a random fact. I fucking love James Blunt. <laughs> oh, we fucking know that. You boring I bastard. Used to be. Um, when I, I was actually talking to Tarou about this earlier on, this is actually probably quite a good one. So I've always had comments 
people saying to me that when I'm in the gym, I look scarily aggressive. Yeah. And I'm like, that's just because I'm in the zone. And people are like, oh, what kind of music do you listen to to mm. get put in the zone, right? <laughs> James Blunt. I uh, know. <laughs> honestly, still like, you must be listening to something pure hardcore. Like, everyone's like, you must be listening to like techno or like GBX. And... Look who's alone <laughs> now, it's not me. <laughs> you can tell her you used to be in a band, she's been written to get that out. Um, but I was literally saying to Rue, it was like, it's whatever I feel I connect with at that time. So it could range for like James Blunt. To Phil Collins, to the foundations. Yeah. Baby, <laughs> now that I found you, I can't let you go. <laughs> the man loves an 80s classic. Honestly, I fucking love 80s. So that's probably a fun fact. Like when you see me raging in the gym or you see me smashing like a workout on Instagram, I'm probably, I'm probably smashing out to an 80s tune. Um, can be fast, can be slow. Um, don't get me wrong, every now and then, but I'll throw on some like NWE or like some rap and. I really get into it, but my song choices are very diverse. <laughs> love it. I love it. Well, I may as well stay on the music theme. And I absolutely love country music. That, oh, that can be that, I mean, Amer- that. American country or like Scottish folk. And I name all of my <laughs> playlists with affirmations <laughs> as well. So I've got my I am Scottish playlist just to like consolidate the fact that you are Scottish. <laughs> uh, and then I've got my I like country playlist as well, which is kind of more and more Dolly Parton, Tim McGraw. Love nice. Dolly Parton, um, man. Dolly. Florida country line, Georgia country line. Tell me something about music. Do you know whose cover of... Um, Jolene, I love. Miley Cyrus. Miley Cyrus. Oh my God. See if Miley Cyrus came to my front door and said, Jen, I've got two tickets to Rio and a fast car. I'd be like, bye, Paul. (laughs) See you later, bro. I'm I'm all in with that. I'm all in with that. Um, I have another interesting question, unless you've got one. No, go for it. No, you go. No, I was just going to say, it was funny, like, uh, I shared something on Instagram a couple of weeks ago, like, an interesting fact, do you know how many people have said that I look like Chris Hemsworth? <laughs> like, no, being serious, like, if I had hair, I would look like Chris Hemsworth. No, like, I would random the people... The same amount that have undiagnosed eye disorders. No, I'm, <laughs> no, I'm being serious, like, so many, so many people, I never thought it, I couldn't really see it myself, right? And, like, I've had people even in Dubai come up and be like, you look like that guy that plays Thor, and I'm like, what? Maybe that then, on you. No, and then I came out, obviously, um, that, that place in Dubai, that kind of building in Dubai, a couple of weeks ago and this African security guard shouts me over and he's like sir sir and I'm like yeah what's up he's like you look like manager from Premier League and I'm like manager from Premier League I'm thinking this guy surely doesn't watch Scottish football so I'm like English and I'm like who is like Everton manager and I was like who the fuck is that Sean Dyche <laughs> Sean Dyche man fucking tell me I look like Sean Dyche and by the way see when I put the comparison next to me and Sean Dyche and me and Chris Hemsworth I look more like Sean Dyche <laughs> yeah actually did when you posted that I was like yep I know 100% I was like I get it it's the smile it's the creases it's everything um, love it I would prefer to take the, the Chris Hemsworth one, but I can't, I can't brag about that. I'd rather, <laughs> to be fair, Sean Dyche is a character. He's probably doing the chippy, getting a sausage supper with Jane and ordering two pints of gravy along with it. <laughs> I'd pack up half the flame. Aye. What about, um, what about your interesting question? So well, I have to actually have two, so you can choose which one you prefer to answer. Either the, the shittiest job you've ever had or mm. the job you thought you would have when you grew up. I will choose the first one. What one you got to choose? Well, I am working the job that I wanted when I thought I was going oh, to have a grow nice. That is nice. So, it, 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 I am, I am. So I'll do the first one as Love well. That. Which was what? <laughs> Shittiest job you've ever had. Oh, call centre. Oh, call, Complaints yeah. for JD Sports. Oh. That was fucking shit. Over, over Christmas as well. And I had to do the first couple of days in the office. You're so micromanaged. It's unbelievable. 
your calls are timed. You've got to keep your calls under seven minutes and you've got to make your notes within three minutes at the end. And then if you're over three minutes, they'll take you off notes and bang you straight onto another call. You've got no control whatsoever. And then you get put on your system for lunch and your break. You've got your five minute break to go to the you're toilet. Rap. You're literally so micromanaged. Um, the first week I made a very good impression and I got some sweeties from the boss <laughs> because I did such a good job and then I ended up getting fired because <laughs> I couldn't take the cheek from people <laughs> as they'd recorded three of my calls. You know what it says, the calls are recorded yeah. for trading and monitoring purposes. They're recorded for situations like this. And they called me up, they're like, Rudy, we need to have a meeting with you, like my boss and the boss's boss. Um, and they made me listen to three of my recordings where I literally tell someone to fuck off. <laughs> Because they're being rude. They think, do you think this is appropriate behavior? I was like, with all due respect, if someone's not treating me with respect, I don't think I have to treat them with respect either. So uh, they're like, I'm, I'm not sorry for what I've done. I was like, if you want to give us a sack, give us a sack and fucking hate it anyway. Uh, like, that's an excuse to get out yeah, of Obviously, they didn't want us back after that, but that's the worst job I've ever had. Aye, that's, that's, that's definitely a bad job. I've worked in loads of call centers as well, and I actually thought I was going to be a fireman when I grew up. And recently, like when the position started opening back up, my dad was like, why don't you go and do it? And then, like, you could do that four days and then your, your actual business now four days. And I was like, Dad, I don't quite realise, I don't think you realise what I do. So eight, <laughs> eight days in a week. I, 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 don't, I don't have that sort of time. Uh, so I wanted to be a fireman when I grew up, but also um, the worst job. So when I was younger, I started working for my papa and his pubs. And um, it would basically be like the general cleaning, but there'd be a lot of times where I'd go in. So he owned the Waverley and Toll Cross, predominant like Celtic area because it's close to the Parkhead. And uh, loads of people would be in over the weekend, whether that be after the football or whatever. Like, just the area it's from. Like, a lot of people like to get fucking steaming up that way. Yep. Like, near Shells and that as well. Like, notorious for a... Uh, Enjoying a scoop. Aye. Um, so, I used to go in and some mornings they would just... I would be having to clean up sick at the back. Like, people that have been sick in the beer garden. Like, shit all over the toilets. Shit in the urinals sometimes. Oh. I remember, like, there was shit all over this... Like, the floor one point and it looked like someone had literally like used their hand to smear it all over the floor oh. we then watched the cctv back and basically this guy had basically shot himself right he'd shot himself and he was standing in the middle standing in the middle of the toilet looking in the mirror and he then took his like pants off like so he took his jeans off <laughs> took his pants off threw them in the floor with all this shit in it <clears throat> then he leant down almost like you with your sausage right <laughs> he leaned down almost to look at the shit that was in the pants and he dropped his glasses into the shit that was in his oh. pants no, so then he goes, do, he goes, don't he get it? And he's obviously that steaming that he, he picks his glasses up like this with a big, massive bat of shite in his horns. And then he realizes what's in his horns. He, he goes to throw it down. He slips in the shite that's in his boxers <laughs> and he ends up rolling about the, the floor just covering shit. <laughs> and I had to clean all that up the next day. Like, Jesus Christ. So I used to work like Saturdays and Sundays. I got started when I was like 12. Worked with him all the way up to like 18, 19 when I started to drive. So I used to do like weekends. He would come pick me up. And then um, as I got older, and I was able to drive, I would actually then go and do it like four or five days a week, including weekends as well. Hmm. So um, don't get it wrong, it really did teach me a lot. I think until you work the with the general draft. public, you don't realise how much people shit themselves. Oh, 100%. 100%. <laughs> like, 100%. All the time. Um, what about you? Uh, so growing up, wanted to be a music teacher, which I spoke about before, so that's not uh, new news. And then shittiest job I've ever had. I've had so many shitty jobs. Also worked in a call centre. Uh, shout out to the John Lewis cult, because um, you, you got the John Lewis cult yeah. as well. Um, actually didn't hate that job. I stayed there for quite a long time when I was at uni. Um, worked in Morrison's, had an alky manager that used to get steaming and phone me at the weekends. Oh my God. Um, and then if she couldn't get me, she'd phone my house and talk to my dad. <laughs> <laughs> um, but the worst one is going to be my first ever job. 
I used to work in an Indian restaurant in East Kilbride, pretty famous Indian restaurant, but I won't name them in case he sues me. And um, <coughs> they were just, so basically I was in as a waitress, but I also I had to play the piano, right? So he had like a beautiful baby grand piano, like in like the, like the bar area. So like when it was busy, I had to be a waitress, but then when it wasn't busy, I'd be like, right, go and play the piano now. So I was like going between like serving Pecora and like sitting playing piano, right? <laughs> but I loved it obviously because I was like, great, I get to play. Um, but there was one night, I was really busy, so um, he had a wife and kids, right? His wife was one of the most stunning, like, truly jaw-dropping women that I've ever seen, like, looked like a celebrity, because I, she was just so, so beautiful. Uh, three beautiful kids, um, but he had a bit on the side, Oof. and um, the bit on the side would come in when the wife wasn't there, um, which was just, I was young, so I didn't really understand the dynamics of this. I was like, oh, that's terrible. Um, but there was one night, there was like this table of women in, and he, I was 16 when I worked here, right? So he made me go up to one of the women at the table and ask her where she'd got her dress so that he could buy it for the bit on the side. So I went up to this woman, and I was like, I'm really sorry to bother you, and she was like, oh, it's from New Look. Um, so he gave me money and he was like, go up to the centre in EK and go and buy her like that dress for my for my girlfriend and bring it back. And I'm like, I'm pretty sure this isn't within the remats of my fucking job, bro. So I'm walking up my phone, my dad, and I was like, Dad, I don't know what to do. I feel terrible doing this. And he was like, he was like, buy the dress, go back, and then fucking leave. And um I went back and I was like pure shaking in my boots and I was like, here you go. And I was so fucking stressed out about it. And my dad went in and he was like, don't you fucking dare. <laughs> he was like, she'll not be back. Whip me out. And that was me. It was the strangest, straight, he was just such a fucking strange guy. And I was like, who sends a 16 year old lassie so to go and buy a dress for like the woman that you're shagging and then I'm serving your wife and Wayne's like lunch the next day. One of the most bizarre places I've ever worked. And then I worked in the park hall after that and he used to come in with the girlfriend oh and I was like that pure <laughs> avoiding them like sorry don't know you not my table nah that nah. is that's just so awkward as well pure so goes against weird. your morals like say when you're in a position like that it's the worst I, and when you're 16 and like you, what, what the fuck do I do here you've clearly just seen all the best relationships absolutely <laughs> like, absolutely I mean? model citizens model um, but that was good I like that we've quick fire uh, podcast there like hopefully this was actually easy listening if you're having a stressful day and you don't want to take in self-development. Yeah, <laughs> you know what I mean? have a laugh at our expense. Uh, exactly. Um, but Rue, it's been so nice to have you on the last couple of podcasts, mate. Thank you and for having us. No doubt it's not, it's not going to be your last. Definitely <laughs> not. I performed all right then. You passed, Don't worry. Everyone, let us know if uh, Rue passed. <laughs> <laughs> we'll go off your feedback and not our um, not our bias. Yeah. Um, but Jen, as always, say thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Thanks for listening. I don't just demand things from these guys by the way yeah sponsors <laughs> again reach I, out i know exactly if you want to sponsor this please let us know um, subscribe follow share <laughs> like <laughs> but guys we're going to round off there thank you so much for listening as always and we'll see you next time bye see you